Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is a special edition because we have seen the Browns make their first key re-signed player happen in the uh, from the 2018 draft. That's Nick Chubb. Three years, $36 million extension. It is $20 million guaranteed, ways to work up to $30 million. Exciting stuff for the Browns as they start to look at, again, what is best for their immediate, what is best for their future. It's a good deal. Nick Chubb comes in, gets $20 million guaranteed. Could have played the market, maybe got a little bit more. That's a discussion for later in the week. We will have plenty of coverage coming up on Nick Chubb. Uh, and, and not just the today's segment uh, from Twitch when we went live uh, collectively with the OBR, but we're going to talk and dig into the details of that contract coming up in, like I said, the next few days. I did uh, want to give uh, some insights, too, as well, about training camp. Went to training camp yesterday. Uh, if you are uh, one that keeps track of these things, they do not practice on Sunday. If you're listening to this on Sunday, they're off. But I did go yesterday. Um, a tough, tough camp day because it was uh, on the field all the way away from where we were sitting. If you're in the bleachers, it was the far field, which was unfortunate because we couldn't you know, watch and take in everything we wanted to take in. So uh, notable players that missed, Odell missed. Um, I think it's no, also notable that Chris Hubbard's coming back. He missed the guys who are taking their time. Ronnie Harrison's dealing with a hamstring. He missed Jojo Natson coming back from the ACL. He took the day off. Uh, also coming back from Achilles, Grant Delpit took the day off, uh, among a few others. Uh, like I said, Nick Chubb did not participate in team drills. So if you've been paying attention to that, I talked about that on this podcast, even tweeted about it. He partook in individual period. He did timing routes, handoffs, as they're getting uh, new, you know, parts of their system implemented. Uh, but he did not participate in the actual team portion of running back drills that was carried by uh, Kareem Hunt, Demetric Felton, Dearness Johnson, John Kelly, among a few others. Miles Garrett also missed practice. Looks like he had a scheduled day off. This is what happens. He did some of that last year. Keep the body fresh. So that is about the extent of who missed, who missed time at practice. Uh, I think other things, the starting five offensive linemen are all out there participating. Obviously, your starting receivers, Kadero Hodge, Jarvis Landry, all three of your tight ends are out there too. Donovan Peoples-Jones getting uh, some snaps in. The backup offensive line I've been trying to pay attention to, James Hudson's your left, uh, left tackle while Hubbard's coming back. Drew Forbes played left guard predominantly. Right guard was Michael Dunn. Center was Nick Harris. Right tackle was uh, George Sinat. They would sometimes let Michael Dunn rotate in and play some backup center. So I do think that battle is alive and well for backup center. I've been talking about if they're going to end up keeping Nick Harris or if they're going to move on from him and allow Michael Dunn to be a hybrid player. It is notable that Michael Dunn is taking some snaps. I saw in the third group Blake Hans getting some tackle reps that was a thing so um yeah those are those are the notable things about offense that i that, like i said that i could that i could decipher from where we were it's really frustrating that they let the browns practice so far away from fans and it's so hard for them to see all these people that drive in people around me from carolina a guy uh in, in his family again from carolina then to the right of us is an obr member gregor from pittsburgh shout out to, to gregor we were talking to him for a while uh, they, like I said, they drove him from Pittsburgh. I drove up from Columbus. It's two hours, and you don't even really get to see them practice because they're so far away. It's kind of, kind of crummy. But I mean, uh, I guess the <laughs> them's the breaks that you have to deal with sometimes. I just would think the Browns would understand that people can't move around really anywhere, and getting out in front of uh, out in front of them would would be really nice, or at least close to to where you know fans could have a, a, a little better seat to see what's going on. Uh, up close and personal, but they practice pretty far away. Not the end of the world. Defensively, I thought they were sharper today. I thought they were they were jumping passing lanes a little better than the, some of the clips that I have seen of late. 
which is encouraging to see John Johnson all over the field. I think he came close to having a split catch interception, uh, which is really nice. Thought he practiced pretty well. I think again, AJ Green is having a, a nice a nice showing. Had another pass breakup when he was matched up with Jarvis. He continues to be around the football. If the Browns are looking for that fifth cornerback to step up and make a name for himself, he's doing so. I think A.J. Green has had a really nice start to camp. We'll see when they get pads on Tuesday, but as far as stepping up when they need him to step up, I think he's doing a nice job. Fringe wide receivers, Jamarcus Bradley's fighting to make a name for himself. As you know, if you paid attention, uh, today they went out and signed Davion Davis, former connection to Minnesota. He obviously takes Derek Willie's roster spot. We'll see what Davion can do. He's wearing number 18. He was out on the field returning some kicks, doing some different things, but he'll get into the flow of the offense. Cody Parkey a little bit better today in the kicking competition, made all of his field goals. Good to see. Pretty pretty ugly day yesterday, so I thought he kicked it pretty well. Ball's coming off of his foot well. Like I said, defensively, they're all over the ball. John Johnson playing pretty well. Tack McKinley was out there taking mile spot for the most part, but was down a couple different times. Looked like some dehydration or heat exhaustion issues were going on. It wasn't that hot. Only reached a high in the high 70s, but pretty sunny. So I don't know. It was a strange thing, but he, he had took off inside after a couple different plays where he was down on a knee. So could have been any number of things, uh, again, with Miles, Miles being out. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, uh, Harrison Bryant, all very active part of things. A lot of heavy personnel grouping sets. Uh, a lot of throws on boot action stuff mixed in there. Uh, I, I thought Drew Petzig's quote about having three first-team tight ends uh, was pretty interesting. And also Kevin Stefanski saying that Austin Hooper will have an expanded role this year. I think a lot of people presume that David Njoku is going to have an expanded role. Feels like they're still very much behind Hooper. And I just I just am a little cautious to think that that there's going to be some you know miracle end of his rookie contract breakout to a level we haven't seen from David Njoku. It feels like he's just going to be a part of this offense, which is fine. They could take advantage of matchup stuff, but his future with Cleveland is still pretty murky. I, I just don't know if there's a giant future. We'll see. It could pan out, but for now, I'm just a little nervous about what that future looks like for him and and if it's in Cleveland. You know, we talk about extensions a lot. We're not really talking about David very much, so I, I don't know where that all ends up settling itself. I got to see Andrew Billings for the first time, which to me was great. I liked I liked seeing him. He looks in much better shape than what we saw in minicamp, which I think is a positive outcome. Uh, he's he's playing well, moving well. I thought Marvin Wilson was moving well. Tommy Toe got a little smaller than I thought, but, man, he plays powerful football. Again, I would have loved for them to have been closer uh, to, to the action, but those are kind of things I could decipher. A lot of twist stunts, a lot of movement. Anthony Walker definitely in control of the defense. Linebackers around him, Malcolm Smith, getting those first reps with him sometimes as a leader of that linebacker room. Pretty obvious to see. Liked him. Greg Newsom looks good. I think he looks really good in uniform. Sometimes you got to judge what these guys look like. The frame, he looks good. He looks stout. Leading the cornerbacks in different uh, phases of, of drills. I thought he, he hustles to the next day. All that stuff you want your, your early pick to do, I think he looks like he's doing it. So that's all I got for today. I'm going to get more. I thought I didn't think Baker practiced all too well. Uh, again, Odell's out. Higgins didn't run any team drill periods, but uh, I thought, the, and again, I thought the defense was playing really well in coverage. I didn't think the Browns really separated all too great, but I just didn't see much consistency from Baker uh, yesterday. And it's again, it's just the offense getting in a rhythm thing. You don't need to go quoting me on this or or saying I think Baker's not playing well. I just didn't think they had a great day offensively. And that happens in the in the midst of a two, three-week camp. You're going to have days where your defense plays well. You're going to have days where your, your, your offense kicks the defense's butt. Got to get pads on, really, man. And Tuesday can't come soon enough. They're off to Sunday. Obviously have Monday back on with shirts and shorts, but they'll get to the pads on finally Tuesday, working toward the orange and brown scrimmage on Saturday. So I'm going to go Tuesday for that padded day. Then I'm going to go Saturday for the Orange and Brown scrimmage, which will get some really good insights from that scrimmage too. So keep your eye out for that. We're going to switch over to this Twitch broadcast. We we came on for an hour. I think 57 minutes ended up being the total duration. Myself, Andy Lytle, Stephen Thomas, Fred Greetham came on. Uh, Brad Stainbrook also uh, appeared for a little bit too to talk about contract discussions and what's going on. It's pretty insightful. I give a lot of my opinions, early opinions, on this Nick Chubb contract within 
uh, within this within this conversation. So uh, again, I'm going to have some guests on early this upcoming week, and we're going to go through some more of the details, talk about things. But I think it's good to get these first impressions out, have some quick conversations. Hope you guys like it. Make sure you subscribe to Twitch. Always a link in the podcast bio, especially this podcast, where we will uh, just give you one click and you can subscribe and, and do some fun stuff. You have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to us. Nothing changes for you. The same money comes out, but half of that Prime account payment goes to our Twitch channel, which is awesome way to support the OBR. So please, please, please support the OBR. You don't have to do anything crazy. Click the link in the bio that has OBR Twitch. Go there, subscribe, follow it, do all that stuff. You know, like I said, almost everybody has a Prime account. All you got to do is link it to subscribing to us and half of that money. Nothing changes for you. Still get your Amazon Prime, but you're subscribed to our channel and it supports the OBR. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully you enjoy this uh, this little segment we had about, again, about 50 minutes or so. And uh, it's good content, good, good thoughts on Nick. And uh, yeah, check it out. Appreciate you guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome to this emergency breaking stream from the OBR Twitch channel. I'm Andy Lytle. I'm joined by Jake Burns and Stephen Thomas. What's going on, guys? Big day for Browns Nation. Big day, man. Big day. Exciting day. One we all thought was going to come. But, you know, driving home from Berea today, check my phone. The news is here. Had to keep it between the lanes, man. Well, it, it, you know it's a good day when signing D Podesta to five-year deal is the second most exciting thing right? that happened today. That's a That's good day true. right there, man. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I agree, Jack. I agree, buddy. Look at these two handsome fellas and Steven. No hey. lies detected. Nah, what's going on, guys? Yeah, um, I'm glad. Oh, smokes. Mr. Thanks for gifting that sub, Mr. Mr. Katapka. Thank you for gifting that sub to the OBR Twitch channel. That was our first ever gifted sub. Thank you to the Prime sub that just came through as well. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for that. Yeah, we did make affiliate guys, but holy shit, Ian, Ian, thanks for gifting five subs to the channel. Holy shit. Holy mackerel. Oh man, you guys are nuts. And we just got. Mr. Kodo, thank you for the sub in yourself as well on the Twitch Prime. Thank you, guys. Ian, we had actually, just so everybody knows, because there's probably some people a little bit confused before we start talking about Nick here in just a few seconds, we had planned on explaining all this stuff <laughs> that we're talking about on Monday, because that was going to be our first uh, uh, show as after we reached affiliate, but because of the Nick thing, you know, we, we jumped on here today, so... Uh, fantastic. Holy cow. Guys, we are, yeah, we have a hype train activated. We oh, do. You guys are nuts. <laughs> you guys are this nuts. is fantastic. You should have a hype train. This is a real deal, man. This, this is, is a big signing. This is Let's fantastic. talk about this thing, man. Let's yeah. talk about the deal. Let's, so uh, Nick Chubb, uh, yeah. man. Nick Chubb. Uh, for me, I think, I mean, obviously, we're going to look at the numbers and all that kind of stuff, and, we, and we're going to we, we got, we're going to have to wait. As with every contract, it's you know two or three days before we get the actual details and all that kind of stuff. But I think for me, the key word to this whole thing is extension. Yeah, uh, which means it starts after this year, so yep. it's a three-year deal, but it keeps him here potentially for four years. Now, like I said uh, to you, Andy, on Twitter, I will be shocked 
if this front office doesn't continue to follow the example and uh, that they've been doing and have give themselves and probably Nick yeah. too an escape hatch after two seasons sure. so they can get out, you know, if not completely clean of dead money, almost clean of dead money, but we got to wait and see that. And I think that's the key here. Yes, it's technically four years, but if for whatever reason it starts to go the wrong direction after two years, they're not going to be locked. I'll be shocked if no. they're locked into something. No, absolutely. And I'm glad, I'm glad Jake, you brought up Depot as well. Before you go into that, uh, Nick Chubb, man, I know you love him. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I've I've preached this, dude. I've talked about it nonstop. There has been no, there has been no true history of a scenario, at least modern here in the past decade or so, where I know this has been kind of talked about. It hasn't missed me. Like that, that people are like, well, this Browns front office is so analytically driven that they're going to just let this running back walk. I guess it's in the range of outcomes, but to me, with watching the trends of the NFL they're all getting signed yeah. and, and you can, you can be upset about that or whatever, you know, I get it. There's, there's elements of roster construction uh, that, that people talk about and they're smart people. I, I totally get it, but show me one of these elite running backs. And again, you can argue whether Ezekiel Elliott, I have the list up here of guaranteed cash flow. Like you can argue the merits of some of these guys. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue it with folks, but like, sure. All of the guys who have been have been big influential running backs have all been re-signed, and I didn't think the Browns were going to break that trend because I think Nick is at the top of the market. I think he's at the top of the market in terms of what they do specifically because what he does is not easy. Sure. And we saw evidence of this while while Kareem Hunt had to carry the burden on his own. And I've talked to Steve about this, my podcast everywhere, wrote about it. It's what he does is so nuanced and he's so good at it. I call him a two B player, man. You guys have probably heard me say this. Same way LeBron on the basketball force sees things two beats ahead in a zone running scheme that has a three-path alley all the time with burdens on the running backs to place the football in that alley in the correct either bounce, bang, or bend, cut it back. Uh, they, they have to do it right. If they don't do it right, all five, if you include the two, two tight ends, seven linemen, they look silly. Yeah. And he has a way of making everybody look better. I don't knock Kareem. I think he's great. He's really good in gap scheme, which – the Browns ran way more gap scheme than people think, and I'm talking power counter uh, duo. I, I talked talk about this on the Chalk Talk the other day with John Stephenson. That's not to take away from Kareem, but what Nick does is so great, and it's such an esoteric type of run that there's not enough guys who are good enough at it that he was he's he's too good to let go. So I we'll, we'll talk more about the specifics of why I think the dollar figures make sense, but I just, guys – I've been saying it. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. They were not going to let this guy get away without a no. second contract, and uh, they they did a great job. I love that man. Uh, no. I, they did such a great job of 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 working a deal that is good for the Cleveland Browns, protecting themselves, but also saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give Paul De Podesta five years. We're going to be very analytically driven. We're going to make smart decisions. But hey, we're also going to trade up for a linebacker who's a kick-ass player. Absolutely. We're also going to pay this elite running back that we have because it's the right thing to do. And that balance is what's going to make this front office really good, and it's what made it's what has made them great so far. Yeah, I'm beyond excited. Shout out to Rachel and shout out to Vault Dweller for those uh, subscriptions as well. Thank you guys for subbing to the channel, guys. We got a hype train, right? We level two completed. We didn't get through level three of the hype train, but holy smokes, our first our first affiliate stream. We got a hype train went out of the gates. You guys rock, man. Uh, Steven, um, I'm gonna bring in uh, Brad uh, real quick, but uh, before we do, man. Uh, I, I know you're. I know. I know how happy you are. I know how happy we all are. Um, at the end of the day, it, 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 it's it's a it's it's a good deal. I think for both sides because it feels like a bargain because I think we all know Nick Chubb, but at the same time, Nick is getting paid twenty million guaranteed. That's a lot of that's a lot of quiche. So I don't know, Stephen. Your first reaction to it, I guess, it was just like, whoa, the domino finally fell. Yeah, the numbers. Well, I mean, we've been saying for a couple of months that, uh, you know, it just makes too much sense for one or maybe even two of these to get done before the end of camp. It, it just makes too much sense. And you look at the guys whose contracts are up after this year without the fifth year option, and it made sense that they would be sort of moved to the front of the line sure. if both sides were close enough. And to touch on uh, just sort of a tack on to what Jake said, that he's 
we all understand the running back payment argument. We all understand the argument, the analytical part of it. It's, and it makes perfect sense. And for most of the guys out there, uh, it absolutely is right. You don't want to pay them, you know, uh, and like we said a couple of weeks ago on here, they're not going to pay them levy on bell numbers right. or Zeke numbers. We knew that wasn't going to happen. But I think part of the reason he's so valuable, Jake, is something that you and I talk about constantly during every year's draft cycle is fit. Would Nick Chubb be Nick Chubb if he had gone somewhere else in a different scheme? He would be very good regardless of where he went. We all know that. But I think his his particular skill set, particularly, and people are probably tired of me saying this word, but it absolutely is what puts him over the top, his backside vision in this particular scheme is hand in glove. I mean, you could not, if he sat down and scripted out when he was in college, this is the kind of offense I want to go to. It would have been, if not this, something very, very close to this. So fit matters, uh, scheme matters, all of that matters for guys to get to the top of their ability. And as far as what you said um, about how it might seem like such of a discount, again, they're getting out ahead of the curve. They're getting out a year early on guys. And with Nick's History, it's been four years he's been completely healthy since he's been in the league. Sure. But he did that knee injury he suffered at Georgia was nasty, if you remember that. And you never know in the NFL when you're one hit away. $20 million guaranteed right now versus that much risk over 17 games this year instead of 16 and everything. I mean, let's say, you know, halfway through this year, the, the catastrophe happens and he's done. He still gets $20 million for his family. Absolutely. So maybe and he didn't max out his deal or get a super max like they call yeah. it in the NBA, but it's a damn good deal for both sides. It is. Let's uh, shout out to the new followers too, G Jake, Justice and Epic. Thank you guys both for the follows. Hey, JT, what's going on, man? Let's bring in Brad Stanbrook, insider for the OBR. Um, I'm going to ask him that question uh, there, Jay. Uh, let me bring him in here. I'm going to put this one up here. i got to take myself off mute. Jesus. Four hey. or five offensive linemen Oops, are signed for one. the next two years, uh, and these two running backs are both signed for the next two years. So yeah. let that sit in your well. Well, so. Let's welcome in Brad. What's going on, Brad? What's going on, guys? Whoa, a lot of news today, man. Paul D. Podesta, five-year extension. You think that would be the big news of the day because uh, that is great news for Browns fans. But then they uh, the the ultimate uh, surprise to top that was Nick. I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily call it a surprise, but it just kind of kind of came out of nowhere today. Nick Chubb, man, uh, tell us what you know, dude. Yeah, so it's a three-year contract worked up to thirty-six point six million dollars. Twenty million dollars is will be guaranteed. Uh, Nick. Chubb, Kareem Hunt going to be in the backfield for years to come for Cleveland, and it's it's a great deal for the Browns. It's a great deal for Nick Chubb. He will be a free agent again at the uh, the age of 29, which is pretty crazy to think about. He still will get another payday in his career if uh, all things go as planned for Nick Chubb, so he will get paid again. <laughs> so if, if he were to fulfill his entire contract, he'd be a free agent again at 29? Is that right? Or yes. 20, 29. At the age of 29. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. G- good deal for both sides. Uh, Steven, uh, tee up something to Brad for me here, man. I'm fine. Well, I just, b- before I do that, I just wanted to t- uh, sort of tie this back to what yeah. we talk about every single year. This ties into the age guard rail that everyone argues about every single, uh, we argued constantly this past thing. When you draft a guy who's 20 or 21, you're giving him this contract, the big contract. The second contract is always the one that everybody wants to get to in the NFL. You're giving it to him at 24, 25, maybe 26 years old. You wait and draft a guy who's 23, going to turn 24 as a rookie. You're giving him this contract when it's going to carry him across the 30-year-old mark. This is part of why that happens. So for Brad, uh, you've been telling me uh, uh, that uh, there's some other guys' talks are ongoing um, we don't know how close they are or anything like that, but what, what can you tell us about who might be next? Yeah, it might be next. I would say Wyatt Teller or Denzel Ward. I would watch this during training camp. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we still have, I think, 43 days until kickoff um, you know, against Kansas City that Sunday, 4-15. So I wouldn't be surprised to see another extension gets done before that. Andrew Berry has time. He's been in touch with Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward told the media that they've been in touch. And Wyatt Teller, there's some discussions there. Um, you know, we know Baker Mayfield, again, as a few days ago I checked in, there's no discussions, not major discussions there. But, um, you know, I, I 
told you guys I'd be surprised if a deal wasn't done, and now I'd probably be surprised if another deal wasn't done by the end of training camp or coming into a few weeks into the season. Yeah, because on June 22nd, when we had, when Steve and I had Lane Atkins, our own Lane Atkins on Not the Same Old Browns podcast, he had said at that point that Denzel Ward's talks started six weeks before that date and Nick Chubbs were five. So, Correct. with that being said, is Denzel Ward next? Uh, you, you have to think so, correct. Yeah, uh, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Wyatt Teller. I think this deal, you know, like you guys said, he's not Nick Chubb's not getting paid like a uh, Zeke deal or, you know, a, a deal like that. So I think if there's some extra money now for a player like Wyatt Teller to get paid a short-term deal. I wouldn't be surprised to see another short-term deal. For Wyatt, I could see them signing him to like a two-year extension. Uh, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense for the Browns and makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense for Wyatt to, you know, keep blocking uh, on this, you know, top 10 NFL offensive line. Absolutely. And let's welcome in uh, the legend himself, Fred Greetham, beat reporter for the OBR. Raise up. Thank you so much for that tier one sub, my friend. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for all the subs. Sorry, Fred. Got distracted by the sub there. Um, welcome in, Fred. A lot of big news today, obviously. Uh, not even just Nick Chubb. Paul D. Podesta, five-year extension as well. Uh, just kind of talk about uh, the events that uh, transpired today at camp. Yeah, nothing going on. Is there a Saturday night? Woo, Fred. This is how I want to end my night. This is how I want to end my night. I always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I took a little break today, and and Brad gets all the goodies, and Jake. And and so, no, I mean, I I have felt, you know, back for a long time that – that a guy like Nick Chubb, you know, he's, he's everything you want in a, in a teammate and a player. And it's not just a good guy, you know, but he's a great player. And, and in June, when we talked to him mini camp, you know, he said he, he doesn't like uncertainty. He likes his surroundings. He doesn't like to go into a new environment. And, you know, he just said everything that says, you know, he's going to say, get this thing done and I'm not surprised and I'm glad it's out of the way so they can move to the next ones. The Diva Podesta deal that Jimmy Haslam uh, dropped today. If you remember, I remember um, when they were hiring Barry and Stefanski specifically, I think Stefanski uh, when we talked to Depot, he said, yeah, his, his contract was up but he didn't really go into it and they didn't really, they never announced anything, but we found out today that he gave him also a five-year deal last year. So they're all in the same timeline and you talk about one to align them, you know, or be in a line. They, they are all three, you know, kind of attached at the three-way tug of war, you know, on their legs. So that's good. No, that's good to know as well for, um, you know, stability and continuity. So, you know, yeah, there was a lot of things happening today and, and it's good. It is. It is. Jake, uh, did you see, I, I hadn't heard anything about Depot coming or get, you know, any extension talks or anything like that. Uh, were you a little surprised today, Jake? Or I mean, it was a pleasant surprise, not like shocked, obviously it was coming, but it kind of just kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, sh- shocked for I guess the shock's not the right word. Surprise for the the timing, I guess maybe. Yeah. I, I think that there's pretty harmonious uh, synchrony between these guys. They they clearly are all on the same page. I don't think uh, Depot ever sticking around. I, I thought it was a kind of deal that we would just never hear about. He just he's always around. Like I right, just, you know what I'm saying? Like I I didn't think we'd hear about it, but I like that they're making a big deal about it because what I've noticed is now in, under this regime there has been less a worry about FaceTime decision making credibility or credit for those decisions so on and so forth, and I like that Depot is getting a lot of face time in building the Browns. I thought that was really cool because they don't care. They just want people to share insights, and they don't care that you get the time on camera or I get the time on camera. I think this group and them being tied together is a great and wise investment. So I wasn't surprised from a from a are they going to keep Depot's opinion around. No, but I mean, you know, the, the, it, was, it was a surprise, like a cool surprise to me. Like, that's great. I'm happy they're keeping him around because – Obviously, he's been a, an imperative part of the decision-making process. But much like we talked about earlier, maybe maybe it's just what I said, 
that an analytically driven front office is trying to make those sound decisions, trying to weigh positional value, doing all those things, getting out in front, paying people early, uh, whatever those barometers for analytically driven front offices do. I, they brought in guys that maybe aren't traditional GM voices. Ryan Grigson's a, an advisor, a special advisor, right? Like they brought in Bob Quinn this week, who we know both of those guys failed and people will overreact to them, which they did. But those are just voices, and I think what they're trying to do or what Barry and those guys are trying to do is get voices that understand, hey, if you made the wrong decision, Bob, it backfired on you in, in Detroit somehow. What, what, what brought you to that decision? Or, Ryan, when you were in the, with the Colts, you didn't pay the offensive line for Andrew Luck. Like, do you regret – are they learning from that? I like that they're getting different perspectives and seeking balance because that's so, so important. I, I think that that's wise. I don't think that you're, you're putting your job on the line getting different opinions in there to challenge the status quo and thought process. And that's, that's the stuff I really like. Just like I think there's a balance in decision-making between trade, like I said earlier, trading up for a linebacker, extending your running back who's an elite player. I think what we should stop doing is trying to bracket those guys in, like to being one type of front office. These guys are clearly willing to look outside the box in all, in, in, in every angle, you know, look outside the box from every perspective and make the best decision they think is there for the Cleveland Browns. And I, I personally really enjoy that facet of what they're doing. Absolutely. Santa Carla, Brian, what's up, buddy? Thanks for that sub. One of my best friends in the world. Thanks, man. Appreciate that tier one sub. And shout out to MK1109 for that follow as well. Uh, Steven, uh, I'll toss it back up to you, man. Anything you got for Fred or Jake or anyone? Well, just to tag on to what Jake said, like we've been saying for years now, the misunderstanding about what an analytical front office does how they operate and the definition of the word analytics where it's being proved yet again it's not a law you know it's not they don't just the computer spits out the numbers and that's what they do everything has context like we say with statistics of any kind or grades or anything like that there's always context to it the the numbers rarely tell 100 of the entire story and i'm aware of the irony of using 100 to say that numbers don't always tell a story. I, I get what I just said. Um, but what I'm saying is this is another another piece of the puzzle that shows that, yes, they do have guardrails that they follow. Yes, they pay very close attention to numbers that come out of places like SIS and PFF and all the they do. And the old school football guys out there, you can bellyache and moan about it all you want, but it guides their decisions. It doesn't make their decisions. If it made their decisions, Nick Chubb would not have this contract. Um, so it, it just another block in the wall that this front office and coaching staff, it, they've 18 months of decisions that there's very, very few of them that you can look back on and say, okay, that was a misstep there. I think they have earned once again, even more trust from us. I, I trust these guys more than any front office since I was not yet old enough to drink. And that's a long freaking time ago. So uh, Fred, you're in the building all the time. Uh, you talk to these guys directly. A am I off on that? I mean, they're not robots with this analytics stuff, right? No. And, and this is what I've, I've had some pretty heated arguments with some of my media colleagues, especially, uh, some guys that I'm on the radio with at times is that they felt that Depot was kind of like, the Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the curtain that was calling all these shots that made this team one in 31 and, and, you know, was just, he, he just wanted to be in charge. And so he was whispering in Jimmy Haslam's ear and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and really had a big ego when he's really just the opposite of that. You know, they paid him for his advice. A lot of people don't realize, you know, when they hired Hugh Jackson he recommended him hiring Sean McDermott. Mm -hmm. Okay. Turned out to be pretty good coach for the Bills. <laughs> he yeah. ain't lying. He's all right. When, <laughs> when Freddie Kitchens was retained, he recommended Kevin Stefanski be the head coach. Absolutely. The third time Haslam went with his, his you know, with his suggestion, and he also you know, was had the ear of bringing Andrew Barry back, you know, to be in the gym. So he's living in San Diego for the most part. Haslam said today they spent about an hour every day, nine to 10 on the phone with all of them. And so 
if he was a big ego guy, he'd be here trying to bask in the glory, but we rarely hear from him. And I just think he says, okay, this is what it looks like. And this is what I'd recommend we do. Now I'm not saying he makes all the right decisions, but you look at the track record now, how much further along would the Browns have been if they'd even made the Sean McDermott call, you know? Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. And, and so, you know, those are, those are things that, that I hear and see, I don't interact with him very often because he's not really here, but as far as you can see, I think he is a steadying influence, you know, to those guys and kind of brings balance. Barry wants to do this. Stefanski wants to do this. And he's kind of there, you know, throwing out the big picture. Absolutely. And last time we talked, Fred, uh, would have been, uh, you know, earlier this week uh, on the show. I forget what it might have been not saying Browns. We were taught. I think I asked you if you were surprised, maybe a little that no extensions were done yet. Uh, before camp started, well, here we are. You know, first week of camp, finally it hits. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I said I thought I thought they'd get a guy done, and it, you know, and there it is. And Chubb was a guy I thought. I just said I did. Everybody was freaking out. You know, oh, he's <laughs> gonna walk. He is not gonna walk. This guy was Hell not no. leaving. You know, he's he's he's. The epitome of what you want. And I know, like Steven said, the analytics would say with the running back. In fact, they got two running backs. You're paying pretty good money. Right. Um, but but they're not stupid. You know, when things are working, you know, and let's, you know, if OBJ and, and Landry, if they have phenomenal years and the Browns really are in great shape at the end of this year, I don't see them cutting one of them just to to cut them. They'll figure something out, you know? So some of it's common sense. I mean, when it isn't broke, you don't necessarily need to fix it. So with that being said, one domino did finally fall. While it wasn't before training camp opened, it was right after it opened. Will Will another domino fall as far as contract extensions go? before the start of the season. Yeah, I think it's really, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with another one. Um, I don't know, you know, getting the sense, even talking to Haslam, he turned everything over to Barry, but Andrew Barry said yesterday, Baker would be fine. All he needs to do is do his, he he's talking between lines. He's not talking numbers or anything, but he's saying that, all he has to do is continue doing what he's doing, and he's going to be our quarterback. He said those type things about Nick Chubb, and see, now he's signed. I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Ronnie Harrison gets signed. You know, maybe nobody talks about him, You're right? but he might be as valuable as even a Wyatt Teller to the defense, you know, if you want to have three safeties back there. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a Harrison or a Teller you know, or maybe maybe the other guys. I'm. I really think that that was my idea. Was the dominoes of the guys that are in their final year. You got Mayfield and Ward under control. I wasn't saying you're going to cheat Nick Chubb, but I know that they felt that his mindset is, "I'm a Cleveland Brown. I want to be here." And usually if you talk to those guys, you can get something done. And I think Denzel Ward's kind of in that same situation. Um, Baker Mayfield, I mean, I don't, I, I can't see either of those guys going anywhere, but they got them under control for two years and the franchise option. So I think that, I do think they'll get another one done. I don't, I just really don't know right now which it'll be. I would lean to either Teller, Harrison, or Ward. I'd have to think Andrew Barry was cracking up yesterday when he was asked the question about will they sign people in season, and then the next day they end up they end up signing Nick. I'd have to think he's kind of yeah. I think the media probably thinks okay, we got him riled up and he got on the phone and got one done. Just uh, (laughs) that's you know that's the thing. These guys don't tell you anything, and meanwhile there could be all this happening right around us because. I mean, I mentioned last year, Miles Garrett was the big splash July 15th before training camp. Thought maybe Mayfield or Ward, one of them would be there. And he was even asked about that yesterday. And he said, well, everything's individual cases and so forth. And, you know, credit to him. He didn't even tip his hand. You know, that had to have been 
all but the ink signed, right. you know, to have that thing at this to, to come out tonight. Yeah, I'm sure he was giggling in the back of his head uh, when they were asking him that question. Like, oh, if you guys only knew. You know, so. <laughs> two of our two of our people here, Jack, Jack McCurry and, and Brad Ward, both pointing out that mm -hmm. the white teller extension conversation. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to Nick here in a minute. Uh, I, I think there's there's two people, in my opinion, guys, that are, are prime in season. It hits week eight. I was looking today. I, I forgot how far off the, the bye week is. I know it's late in the season. 13. They don't get a bye. They don't get a bye until December sixth is the bye week. Like that's that's a long time into the season. But needless to say, two guys that stand out to me as in season candidates: Wyatt Teller. If he comes out on fire and he plays his butt off like he was last year, I think that they would be wise to see if he comes out and plays the first seven or eight weeks the same way. Okay, let's try to get something done. And, and like Fred mentioned, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison is definitely a guy who, if he comes out and plays well, I know he's dealing with a little uh, hammy injury. He wasn't out there today. But if he comes out and plays well, those are two guys that stand out. Baker, I think we all keep hitting on the fact it seems like an after-21 deal, which is okay. If you listen to the Buffalo side of things, guys, it's the same thing Josh Allen's saying right now. They not It's not an if thing. It's a win. And at some point, they're going to shelve contract talks so we can focus on the season and get it done after the year. The Browns will get it done. They, they'll get it done. They'll figure it out, just like they did for Nick. So um, I think some of those guys will get done. In my opinion, again, just me, I think the next thing that you'll see is a Denzel extension at some point. If they do one more before the season, it'll be something with Denzel getting him locked in. If not, then I think you go in season. There's a couple guys in season that I mentioned there just a minute ago. That's just kind of my hunch. And this, uh, I saw a question uh, <clears throat> a while back in the chat about uh, is this Sheldon Richardson's money or something like that? I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if it's they specifically let Sheldon go because of Nick's contract. I can't say that, obviously. But this is why things like that happen. happen. You know, yeah. it, it's why you have to look at the entire body of work. There's always three or four things, moves that are made all together. You know, uh, and if. This is why we talk about things like is the production matching the pay and Sheldon, you know, I love Sheldon. I, I banged the table for him to come here for three years before he finally came here. Um, I, and I thought he had a pretty good year last year, but was it, I think his cap number was going to be like 13 and a half this year. Did he have a year that was worth 13 and a half million on the cap? Apparently they didn't think so. And I, I, I would have to agree. Now, did they handle it in the right way? Timing and all that. That's a whole different story, but had they not thought that way, had they not thought, does the production match the cap? Well, then maybe this extension and the next one that comes that we know is going to come might not have happened quite yet or in the same way because they wouldn't have had the same pool of dollars to work with. It, it, it all goes together, you know, like the, like the old cliche, it's all a tapestry, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that that's it is it's not you can't look at each individual move as a standalone object when it comes to a front office and contracts like this, they have to be thinking, and I know they are because they're a hundred times smarter than me, not only, you know, one year ahead, but two years ahead, three years ahead, maybe even four years ahead, they're thinking about stuff like this. And I know that they're doing that. So whatever comes next. And I, if I, if you force me to put my own cash just... down on a bet, I would probably lean with you, Jake. I think Denzel's going to be next. Um, but I, Teller wouldn't surprise me. And like Fred said, Harrison wouldn't surprise me either. Let's circle back to Nick a little bit. Our good friend, Cody Sweck, who does the data crunching, we stick him. We actually put him in the corner of the OBR offices and say, here's your calculator and have fun, which most of the time he just types and holds it upside down. It says boobless. But uh -huh. anyway, he came up with some numbers for us. 1.75 rushing yards over expectation per attempt in 2020. That's first, according to Next Gen Stats. 3.75 yards after contact per attempt, also first. And the 1.1 wins above replacement second to only Derrick Henry. And we all know that Derrick Henry did not miss four weeks and had a high volume, a high, high, high volume of, carry, of carries compared to Nick. So his yards created uh, over expectation is what makes Nick Chubb an extremely special player. He makes him special. It will continue to make him special. The question is, guys, and this is one for you to answer. I'd like you guys all to chime in, and then I'll give you my thought. Do you think he took less money? than he should have taken here. And I guess this is a twofold question. You start to really talk hypotheticals here. I'll start with like, okay, did the Browns get a great deal? And why do you think they got a great deal? And then like the second part of it is, could he have demanded top dollar on the market? Say Nick Chubb got released today, hypothetical. 
Does he go out and demand the same contract Kamara, CMC, Derrick Henry, all those guys received? I have my opinions on it. We'll jump to say, Fred, we'll go to you first, and then we'll jump around to everybody else. Well, I think that he he definitely is the the type of player, but his persona I mentioned earlier that he's the real deal on that. I don't think that he is that type of a, that's his character is that I'm just not, you know, all about the dollars and, you know, and I, I think that to him it's comfort, it's system, it's feeling, you know, in a, in a good place. And that those are important to him. And I think as funny as that sounds, that's why I thought last year, the, the extending Kareem hunt, was the bigger move because I thought there's no way Kareem Hunt would stay here when he can go be the bell cow somewhere else. Sure. And then they signed him and I said, well, well, Chubb's a, a lot of people said, well, they're going to go with him, not Chubb. And I'm like, there's no way. Right. I was surprised. They genuinely do get along. I I've talked off the record with, with people close to Hunt and they really are, great friends and they really are, you know, really like this one, two punch. You don't hear that much, you know, in, in NFL. So yeah, I think that he might've got more money, but 20 million guaranteed, you know, <laughs> is, is pretty good payday. And and he's been through a major reconstruction of his knee at Georgia. He knows that can go down sure. quickly too, you know? And so I just think that, that it was the right time, right thing for everybody. Spotrack just tweeted out average top paid running backs. Number one is McCaffrey, 16 mil. Two is a split between Elliott and Kamara, 15 mil apiece. Derrick Henry, 12.6, uh, sorry, 12.5. Dalvin Cook, 12.6. Nick Chubb is sixth at a 12.2 million number. So uh, I was surprised that Joe Banner, who we all know Joe Banner, whatever, guy has way more contract experience than we do. But it's another time. He said this with Miles Garrett, too. Not a huge deal. Immediately becomes one of the most underpaid players in the league for Nick Chubb. Yep. Deserved, he said he deserved a lot more is what he's saying. He's arguably the best running back in football. Got about 35% uh, – CMC got about 35% more than Nick Chubb's contract. He said, yeah, a couple weeks after Garrett did a deal, he got a lesser player, got almost 10% more than Miles Garrett did. So the pay him early stuff, fellas – Proven to be a little bit true. And do guys like being Cleveland Browns? That's a big question. Do they yeah. say, hey, I don't really care if I sign this deal after. Does Miles say, I don't care if TJ Watt gets signed after me. I want this deal. I want to lock in my time with yeah. the Cleveland Browns. Does Nick Chubb say, hometown man, discount. I don't want to argue. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, Fred. It could, it could be. But I think these guys are also saying, we have something special here. Right. And I yeah. want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Because like our good friend Brad pointed out, Nick could have taken two franchise tags. He could have left yep. one belt his way to $24 million, But you guys make good points. The injury issue could happen at any point. You could blow a knee out, and then you're automatically probably going to find yourself in a, in a situation where you don't make that kind of money. Or at least it's highly, highly less likely that you get franchised and the Browns could let you walk. So that's where I go back to, and I had this conversation with somebody through text, is like if Nick Chubb hit the market, could he go demand – 14, 5, 15, 16, like the guys I just laid out for you. In my opinion, and we'll go to you, Steve, and you, Andy. In my opinion, he doesn't quite have the data to do that. He has some of the the, the, the backside metrics we talked about there with the yards per carry, the war, that stuff. But he doesn't have a 2,000-yard season. He doesn't have the receiving yards of Christian McCaffrey. Not that he can't do it, but when you sit down at the table to have those discussions, you have to say, right. here's my examples of doing X, Y, and Z. And I just don't think he had that. So I think he went into it trying to get the most he could while also understanding I'm going to spend my time with Kareem Hunt. We're going to split carries. And I'm not sure those two hate it. I think a little part of those two say I like splitting carries because I don't get my my ass beat as bad as I do if I'm the bell cow all by myself taking 250 carries. I think there's some of that that comes into play too that they both say, hey, get me paid, split some carries. We got a good one-two punch here. Let's roll with it. I'll take a little less that kind of thing you know because he could have argued he could have argued and i think that that leads to uh you, you all those ridiculous uh, statistics the yards per carry that you just did 
the, it leads to my favorite one that he averaged over 10 yards a carry in the fourth quarter last year. And I think it's a direct result of that. He's still relatively fresh while the defense is freaking exhausted by the time that comes around. And if we're protecting a lot of leads this year in the fourth quarter, like we think we are going to, and they're certainly set up to do so, he could continue that very well into this year. So to answer your original question, it's interesting the way you phrased it. Uh, did he take less money than he should have is what you said. I can't speak yes. to that. I don't know about should have. Did he take less money than he could have? I think Brad's right. I agree with everybody else. I think the answer to your other question is yes. Uh, if he, you know, in some hypothetical world will cut and went out on the free market, he could go out and say, look, pay me, you know, CMC money, pay me Zeke money, pay me love you, you know, and somebody would probably do it. You know, I mean, we always say there's never going to be another running back contract like that. And then, you know, there is because somebody forks over the dough. So could he have demanded more? Absolutely. I think he could have. But I think, like you said, it's a negotiation. It's a back and forth. He didn't hold. He held a lot of the cards. He didn't hold all of the cards, which is why, yeah. you know, a damn good deal rather than the perfect deal sometimes is the way to go. Yeah. Andy? No, I I, I, I like how you put that, Stephen. Could have he got more? I got to believe so. Um, mm -hmm. But there's all, like Fred said, there's always a worry of injury, and it's like Jake's alluded to. I think these guys feel they have something special here in Cleveland. I, I do. I do. I think that's the overriding factor here. Um, I mean, they're tasting winning, Andy. They're they are. It. They and they all it. came up together, as we know. And everything's yes. just kind of come together in the last couple of years really, really fast as far as finally getting some W's on the field. Um, yeah. And I, you know, and I, at the end of the day, I think they love Kevin Stefanski, too. I know they do. Um, I think they like playing for him. I, you know, Nick Chubb's the kind of guy. I don't know, we'll man. You, you, ever, you ever see the guy smile much? You ever see him jumping around in jubilation? No. He's just all business. And I saw I saw him smiling on the sideline today. He bet he was. I bet he was. next to Seth, and I said, <laughs> I, 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 I swear to God, this happened. I was sitting there with him. We're in the top row because I thought, okay, this is the only place I can see this thing happen. I need to see it all. Of course, they're two football fields away on the far side, and all these fans can't even see what's happening. But I had some binoculars, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm on the guy with binoculars. I said, I find it kind of strange Nick isn't in any team drills today. Like, he went through ind individual periods. Also, Paul, quit being grumpy. There are bark, there are bark notifications. I, I know. Paul, you, Paul, I really, Paul's, I Paul's, Paul. Paul's new to grumpy. Twitch, man. Paul, we're going to have to get you caught up on stop Twitch, brother. <laughs> I love him. I love Paul, and he knows that. But stop being grumpy. Um, I mean, so I just paid $15 <laughs> to give three subs, and Paul's bitching at me. <laughs> and um, speaking of subs, real, I know real quick, Jake. Ahead, shout out to Squawk. Yeah, let me shout out a couple. Uh, we had a couple notifications. Uh, Be true and Squawk twelve hundred. Thank you for the follows, as well as hashtag Fear Fear Fox. Thank you so much for the Twitch Prime subscription. Appreciate you. All right, Jake. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Well, I got a. He's he's yelling at his mom. It's just terrible. I'm gonna get on <laughs> Kelby about this anyway. Um. I don't even – oh, he was on the sideline. So I'm like, okay, he's not going through these drills. He's not uh, – he's, he's – he, I'm like, I, I'm like, I kind of find it strange that he's not going through – I said it could be a day off, but I was looking at him and I was like, hey, man, he's kind of down the line. He's all one knee. He was smiling. He was like laughing and smiling, which you guys know for Nick, that's like he hit the lottery. He's yeah. so happy. And, and ironically, <laughs> on the way home, I found out that SOB hit the lottery. So, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's great. It's really cool. And I think what it does – is it sends such a great message to your team that, you know, Miles was a lock and we all knew Miles was going to get paid, but Nick was a second round pick and he's, he's at a position of uh, a devalued position in football. Running back is getting so devalued so constantly. And it tells the rest of the team that I don't give a shit what position you, are. you can play any position. It doesn't matter. If you perform the best of your position group, we're going to pay you. We're going to keep you around. If you're a great teammate, if you do the best of your ability and you and you and you perform like crazy, you're going to get paid. And I, I I really think that it would have done real damage to this locker room to let Nick go just because well it's a running back and we can't afford running, but we we would rather not pay running backs. I think it sends such a great <clears throat> message to the rest of this team. So um you know that's just just general thoughts for me right now on, on where it's at. And I couldn't be happier that they got a deal done that was friendly for Cleveland, friendly for the Browns, and. 
Uh, I also feel like, and it is, this will be one of the more fascinating press conferences to watch live. And I know Fred, you'll be there and you'll ask some questions. G- getting some of those questions about, do you feel like you could have gone out and gotten more money from somebody else? Uh, do you feel like Jack? Thanks for the subscription, man. Um, do you, you feel Jackie. like you could have you could have gotten out? He, he'll answer. I, I think he'll he'll answer those by saying the things I think we're saying in here. I wanted to be a Cleveland Brown. I preferred to play here. I didn't care. If, I wanted to be comfortable. I didn't care if it cost a couple dollars here and there. I wanted to be comfortable. These are my guys. That's a press conference I'm really looking forward to because there could probably there will. I'm going to remove the word probably. There will be some quotes in that one. We'll be like, that's our guy, man. Like I think there's going to be some of that that goes on. And I think there's something to this too, and this is obviously oversimplified. But do you want 20 million and go nine and eight, or six and eleven, or do you want 18 million and legitimately challenge for a Lombardi Trophy? I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. question all these guys have to ask because, and I know they all want to get paid top of their position and they want to max out their dollar, and they absolutely 100% should, but. When you're talking about this kind of money, I mean, at, at what point does one extra million dollars outweigh six extra wins? You know, I mean, th- there's got to be a balance there. And this offensive point. line, Steve. Playing exactly. with this group, it's a special group. It's a perfect situation for him. Like you said, he's sharing the carries. He's got a quarterback that if he's having an off day for whatever reason, Baker can take the team on his shoulders and throw for 485 and three touchdowns, <laughs> you know, if he has to one day. It's about a perfect situation for a guy like Nick Chubb. There's also the factor that the domino of this this also – helps Baker Mayfield, you know, close the deal with him knowing that he's got 24 back there. And, and so that it's kind of like the 95 Indians, you know, when they locked up in, in yeah, those years, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of guys long-term before they hit the open market, right. you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's where you have the foresight with these young players. So many times we see them leave on their second contract and they're sending the message here. We're figuring out a way to put this puzzle together to keep these guys. And I think, yeah, yeah you can't keep everybody when you wrote, but that's usually after a team wins the Super Bowl. And, right. you know, then you worry about dismantling properly. But the Browns are ascending, trying to get there. So I think, you know, you can just feel they're doing things right all the way around. And I just feel that, you know, the Chubb extension sends, like you said, to the locker room. This is the type of player we want who has the character, the ability. And don't don't um, disprove also that they can always come back and extend him or mm-hmm. or sweeten his deal, you know, if he outperforms it sure. to keep him for longer. You know, this takes him to 29, which is about, you know, the premier lifespan of, of a running back. But say... He just he he does Derrick Henry type numbers, and then, you know, he gets after two years. They say, hey, let's add another year to it. You know, he, I think he's he's not concerned. I think he's going to get his money if he keeps playing. Morning, and you had a better chance when you're playing with a good team, like you said, that offensive line. You know, not everybody can run through it. it. Absolutely, and you teammates know, and so that's. Yeah. I think the message that they're sending is, and this is, again, oversimplified, do right and we'll do right by you. And players love to hear that. Employees employees of any business love to hear that. But NFL players who are, I mean, they're putting their knees and their brains on the line every single day. They love to hear that. And they love to see the examples of it. And this is yet another example of this front office saying, you do right, we'll take care of you. So, and the play, yeah. you love the players too. The, the 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 sickness of more. What do they call that? The I don't know. There's a phrase for it where everybody wants more, 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 and that happens often when Fred said Super Bowls happen, and that's great because you're winning, but they haven't gotten there yet. They're at the point right now where everybody's happy for each other. You know, everybody tweeting out the quarterback, you know, wide receivers tweeting out to him. They they love Nick. They love what he's about. They love the the quiet nature of nick they love everything about that dude man and and uh and i'm just it just gets me amped up for football season it gets me really excited to watch these guys because there's a special chemistry with this group that we have not been a part of since the late 80s early 90s like a group of guys that you genuinely feel like 
love to play together and that's kind of it's kind of rare kind of rare i love how fred compared it to the the mid early 90s indians it's very similar it's extremely similar um but uh shout out to uh we got a couple uh actions here brad ward thank you for that tier one sub friend we truly appreciate you uh black farms yoshi and ariba 216 thank you guys for those follows as well thank you guys well, I think this was I'm a gonna jump off. Yeah, I think I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah, we're we're okay. gonna wrap we're wrapping it up right now. Um, hopefully, we can do this again next week, guys. Hopefully, there's a breaky contract <laughs> extension Fine, every Saturday <laughs> can night. We, can we, can, can we do this every Saturday? Let's talk to Andrew. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks a lot to Fred, the great Fred Greetham, for joining us. Obviously, Jake, Steven, thank you guys for hanging out with all of us tonight. And shout out to everyone in the chat. You guys have been awesome. Thanks for all the new followers and all the uh, Tier 1 subs and the Prime subs. Thank you guys so much. And Thank uh, you. We'll be back Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we'll be live with some more camp coverage. So expect more of the OBR staff for that. Uh, myself, Steven, Jake, Fred, everyone, whoever. We want to get everyone involved again on Monday. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you on the, catch you on the next one, guys. Go Browns, baby. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.